Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Max McCauley. Max is currently a freshman at Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas. He's a member of the football team. You're going to hear just a a powerful testimony of Max going through a very traumatic injury the spring of his senior year of high school and this experiencing through lots of prayer, lots of encouragement, God's miraculous healing on his life. You're also going to hear a portion of the story from his dad, Mike. So very thankful that Mike was able to join us as well to kind of give the parents perspective and talk about the power of prayer, the power of God's word, the power of God's people encouraging them through that difficult time. It's just just a phenomenal story. and Just Max's enthusiasm for life, his enthusiasm for Jesus will encourage you. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Max. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. You bet. So I'd like to start these off with background information so you can tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So tell us about you know, where you grew up, your family growing up, and where you are today. Absolutely. So growing up, uh, we moved, my family and I moved up down the East Coast a while. We actually moved eight times in seven years, which was really cool. Uh, my mom homeschooled us up until about eighth grade. Um, I'm the middle of five kids, um, and we're all really tight, best friends for sure. Um, my older sister works out in Amarillo. Older brother uh, is gonna is about to graduate from Texas A&M. Uh, younger brother is a sophomore in high school, and my younger sister is in seventh grade. So really tight with my family for sure. That's awesome. So is it a, did you grow up in a family of faith, and then at what point did you realize or decide that you wanted that personal relationship with Jesus? Uh, yes, sir. I definitely grew up in a family of faith. Uh, our family has always been very Christ-centered, uh, which I'm very, very thankful for. I gave my Christ, or my life to Christ when I at a very early age. Uh, my older sister, Emily, definitely was the one who was a heavy influence as far as that, who brought me to Christ. Um, I actually don't remember my age. I didn't really take my faith in my own hands where I didn't really become my own until about sophomore year of high school was when I really it went from kind of my parents faith and going to church with them to kind of owning it and pursuing this relationship with Christ cool now we're going to talk a little bit about your sports you went to a small private school here in Texas in high school so talk about playing high school football in Texas where where high school football is so big Absolutely. Um, Definitely Texas high school football is no joke, even at a private school level. Um, Everyone takes it very seriously. Uh, I'm very thankful. So I went to Quorum Deo Academy in Flower Mound, Texas. Um, And it was really great because playing at a smaller private school, I was able to play multiple sports and um, able to have a little bit more athletic success than if I would have gone to a bigger public school um, and definitely able to get some attention from colleges that I may not have gotten if I went to a larger school um, as far as development went and everything. So I'm very thankful for the school I went to. And you're a freshman at Abilene Christian now. So talk about the recruiting process um, that you went through and why did you ultimately land at ACU? Um, so I definitely wasn't heavily recruited out of high school. Um, I got a lot of look out of the Northeast, um, some of the NESCAC schools, which are D3. And then I got some look from um, FCS 
like the Ivies, um, Pioneer League, Valparaiso, um, Stetson, San Diego, those type of schools. And then uh, Princeton and Yale gave me some interest as well. Um, and then Abilene Christian came on pretty late in the process as far as recruiting goes. And that was a huge, huge opportunity just because they're in Texas, they're Division I, uh, a great opportunity, especially for a small private school. Um, not a lot of kids get that opportunity. Um, and so I'm definitely very thankful for everything that they've done for me, especially um, just from where I, where I came from and everything like that. Now I want to kind of shift a little bit of, away from sports for a moment. Um, in March of 2019, so almost a year ago, you experienced a very traumatic injury. So tell the listeners a little bit about that injury and then the story of God's healing. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. So March 8th of 2019, I guess it was, uh, after school one day, it was the day before spring break started, I was riding an electric scooter uh, to my best friend to school. I was just having a great time enjoying senior year. Uh, and then we were having a little too much fun. I went kind of fast on it and uh, I flew off of it and I hit my head pretty bad. Um, I was with my girlfriend as well. Um, and she called the ambulance and then um, I went to the hospital. They thought it was a concussion. Um, I knocked out some teeth, you know, got my nose a little twisted, uh, everything like that. And then uh, pretty soon after that, um, my every time I would wake up, basically I would restart from the day of the accident. So every day that I woke up for the next four weeks, I thought it was March 8th, uh, which was kind of like the movie um, – I'm trying to know, 50 first dates and you kind of relive the same day over and over again, which is a little funny, um, but definitely in the situation, not funny at all. But, um, and then God, after those four weeks, um, I started regaining my memory a little bit. I had, um, from the interior grade amnesia, then I was able, even though I still don't remember anything about that month specifically, um, I've been able to get my memory back slowly, um, and just start working on getting my, teeth fixed I just had nose surgery actually uh, which was a huge huge blessing um, and God has definitely been really good throughout the entire process because it definitely could have been a lot worse than it was so I want to add your dad Mike is here as well so I want to ask him to share a little bit a little bit, little bit from the parents perspective because he saw a different side of recovery and healing so Mike talk about it from your perspective and kind of how you saw God God move in that yeah. First, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I guess the first thing I would say is we're deeply thankful for the love, you know, that our Lord poured out on us through that time. And also, frankly speaking, it was evidence through the body of Christ. Mm. Um, you know, the, the reality of it is we never could have made it through that without um, without Christ and without the body um, supporting us in this situation. Um you know, as you heard from Max, March 8th is the day that, you know, it really impacted our, our family pretty significantly. And he was talking about earlier on um, when you were asking him about, you know, growing up, because we moved so much during a short period of time, the the family unit became very tight. Um, you know, I've listened to a few of the other podcasts and the guys that have moved around in their early years, right, their family stays pretty tight. Um, so the family was tight, and, and that was good, and we, we got tighter during that time. Um, 
you know, I, th- I think one of the things is, um, you know, the irony of God's grace during all of this is, is kind of overwhelming. As it turns out, the day of the accident, I was um, in a car um, traveling out to visit a, a customer site on business, um, but was with a family friend who actually turns out to be one of, um, he's, he's Max's god godparent. And we got the call, and they said, you know, hey, Max was in an accident, and um, may need to go to the ER. And I was like, okay. And, and you know, as a father of, of, of boys, it could be anything from you busted a lip and you need some stitches. And it's like, okay, I'm going to stay at work. Just let me know how it goes. Right. And then we get a call back. And it's like, well, no, then an ambulance is coming. And we're like, uh, is it serious? And they're like, yeah, it's serious enough. And I'm like, okay. So we turn around. And then about five minutes later, it's like, no, they're not going to the hospital they planned. They're going to a severe trauma unit. And we mm. went, oh, okay, so put the hammer down, let's go, right? And, and we headed straight to the hospital and we got there. And at the time, the, they were most concerned about broken necks, you know, um, facial injuries, things like, things like that. Um, you know, was there punctured lungs? Were there, were there issues, right, that would be associated with that type of accident? And they just assumed that he had a, you know, um, they had a, you know, he had a concussion, a pretty significant concussion. Um, you know, later on, I had a chance to read the full report from the emergency response team. And then when I read that, I realized just how significant and serious things were. Um, even in the moment, we, we knew it was serious, but we didn't know how serious it was. Um, and as he was talking about, it was over the next few days that we realized that it was interior grade amnesia mm. that he actually had. Um, which, as he was talking about in Fifty First Dates, is hysterical in the movie. Um, in the moment, it's not, but God's grace is amazing. You know, and it, anybody that goes through tough times, and we all go through tough times, right? And that's that's the thing that that God tells us: is life is not going to be easy. That's right. Um, and so, but He does provide us with humor through those those moments. And there were some times. Um, in that, that was absolutely hysterical. So one of the things that Max started doing during those 30 days um, was he started writing notes to future Max. <laughs> Dur- wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take credit for that. I don't remember that one. <laughs> he, he, he learned um, that it, it, once, once it went past a few days and he realized that he wasn't remembering when he would go to sleep, and it didn't matter if he went to sleep for five minutes or for a night. If he went unconscious and sleep, when he woke up, he didn't remember anything. He would go back to March 7th um, and thinking he's going to school the next day. Um, and so he started hiding notes to himself on his phone, hiding notes to himself in his room and stuff about different things where friends had um, talked about, you know, friends would come over and visit because he was physically... He wasn't fully healthy by any stretch of the imagination, but he could interact with people and he was mobile and things like that. So friends would come over and visit with him and say, hey, let's go do something. And they would pick a date, right? Like a week out. And so all of a sudden he'd be saying, hey, it's, hey, am I supposed to go see, you know, um, this friend on, you know, in three days? And we're like, uh, how do you know about that? Right? He wouldn't tell us. And then we, we realized at some point that he was leaving these notes to himself. So that was actually kind of funny because <laughs> what actually happened was on March 7th, the night before, he went and bought himself a crossbow. 
Mm. Right. And we didn't, we, we, he told us about it before he we went to school. Right. Cause he was 18 and he had done that and he thought it was fantastic. But, um, when he was after the accident happened, he couldn't use it. Right. And the worst thing in the world is he's this active kid. And so he's wanting to use it. So he went, um, and we hit it. <laughs> and a friend came over and told him about it and said, Hey, where's your crossbow? So every day from that, that visit <laughs> forward every day, halfway through the day, he would have some reminder pop up on his phone, ask mom and dad about the crossbow. Right. <laughs> and so we, we had to deal with all of that. Long story short though, let me, um, go on and, um, a couple of things. There was, um, a couple of things that, that did happen during this that were amazing. Um, he actually started, it got worse. It got much and much worse as we went through that month and his, um, it got to where he would actually reset while he was fully conscious. Mm. So if a stressful situation happened or something, he would zone out. Like, you know, when you're talking to one of uh, a teenager or somebody and, and they just kind of space out for a second, he would space out. And when he would come to, he had no idea where he was, why he was there, wow. what was going on. Um, and it got so bad. They, they said, well, let's put him into, um, um, a, a rehab center and that's designed specifically for, for people with these types of injuries. He wasn't there two hours and they said, he's not, he's not healthy enough to even be here. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so in less than two hours they did that. And then God's, the community just really, um, wrapped around Max in that situation, started praying heavily. Um, and, one, one time we put a note on the wall, just a, a note card on the wall with one of his favorite um, scripture verses, and he saw it. And when he'd walk by and say, oh, that's it, and, and we saw how he'd focus on it, and um, it kind of helped him out. And so we just sent a note out during, um, to the prayer chain and said, hey, if you could send him a note card or a message with you know, an uplifting message on it, we'd love to, and we'll just post it on the wall. And they just started coming in. They started coming in from all over the country. A church in Oklahoma adopted him. A church in North Carolina did. Wow. Um, his school did. He started getting note cards. And um, that's what I was um, actually I was going to show you. It covered. Um, it went from just being one note card to covering multiple walls in the house. Oh, my God. Um, and, I mean, there's, there's thousands that are in there. Um, and he... As it grew over time, over the course of that month, um, and then it, it even went beyond that month, just more note cards and people just praying for him. So it was absolutely amazing and overwhelming the way way Christ came in. And then a miracle happened. It was on um, literally, uh, I, I'm just going to read the update that I sent to, to the group, um, to the prayer group on that time, April 3rd. Um, this is the note I said. Uh, this, this week weekend was a beating. I'd be lying if I told you otherwise. Uh, Max was constantly fighting frustration with the electrodes attached to his head because he had to have EEGs. They thought he was having seizures. Um, the funny note, each morning he thought one of his friends or brothers had pranked him and taped all these <laughs> electrodes to his head. Uh, but on a character note, and this was amazing. So during the time of injury, you kind of get to find out what people are truly made of. 
we actually overheard him telling his younger sister she was pouting about something. And you got to remember, he's forgetting stuff multiple times during the day, forgetting who he is, where he is, why he's there. She was pouting about something, and he said, look, I don't mind you being frustrated, but you're responsible for your attitude, and you got to fix it. Mm. Right? Um, and we were just... Jill, my wife, and I just went in the other room and just kind of cried because that's that's his character coming through, mm. right? That's something that goes beyond just superficial. Um, and they, the doctors on that time started letting him do some um, body weight workouts and a couple of things. And then um, April 5th, he went and had a chiropractic neurologist visit. And on April 6th, the next morning, he woke up and he remembered the, the day previous day. Wow. And he was like, yeah, I went to a doctor. I did this. I ate here. And we're like, what? And so kind of went in the other room, tears of joy, right? Not wanting to cry in front of him. So those were dark days, but they were incredible. That's when God really stretched us and grew our faith um, a lot. Um, you know, and so our prayer is that Max will con- you know, be fully healed, um, ultimately that he passionately pursues the calling that Christ has on his life. Um, and that Max seeks the Lord in his life to be a changer of the world for Christ, um, and that he embraces the hard, um, and that he falls. He continues to fall in love with hard work. Um, that's that's when you become battle tested, and you know at the end of your life you can be, you know, the things you want to hear is well done, my good and faithful son, and that's that's our prayer for him. As, as we go through this. so That's awesome, especially from a parent's perspective, because as a parent of three, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's, you know, trying to stay truly rooted in your in your faith. I mean, you like to think we all would, but, you know, when times are that tough, it'd be easy to get mad and ask a lot of questions of God and not understand and... Oh, we did. Don't get me wrong. We, we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there were, there were those moments. But the other aspect of it is, it's in the moment, in the battle. You don't have time. You, you, you have to. There's things that you just have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, he was able to. There was a, a friend of his at school that just went through some pretty serious epilepsy issues, and mm. um, they, that family, ended up in the hospital for two weeks um, and you know just praying for them and he came out of the friend came out of that and has not had any epileptic seizures in two months now and prior to that they, they actually they had to induce a coma to get him to come out of that the epileptic seizures were so bad um, and you, you just think about how God works through the body of Christ and people pray for one another and lift each other up it's pretty amazing very cool. So, Max, let me ask you, you know, hearing that story, how God took something so traumatic and, and has healed you, but you're also passionately pursuing football. It's your mm-hmm. senior year. So how did the injury um, and the recovery impact your football? Oh, uh, yes, sir. So, I mean, I, that was definitely a huge wrench in the plan that I thought I had. Uh, my plan was definitely because I was, I think, two weeks after signing day, maybe three weeks after signing day. Um, so I was really fired up, headed off to school in the summer. Um, and then I had this injury and pretty confused afterwards and just not definitely never questioning God's plan or anything. But it was just a lot different than what I thought it was. Um, and. Because I'd worked really ever since 
my seventh grade year, but then I really kicked in gear my freshman year. I just like, man, I want to pursue this dream because um, I've been wanting to play college ball ever since I can remember. Um, it's been a dream of mine for a really long time. And then, you know, God throws the wrench on playing that I thought I had. And I know it's even now, I know it's all going to turn out for the better. Um, and still seeing him revealing that. Um, Abilene Christian, again, was awesome. Can't thank um, like that coaching staff enough. Um, they allowed me to take a redshirt year um, and just was awesome. I was able to start working out um, again f- pretty recently after the accident or pretty soon after the accident. Um, but the coaching staff was just awesome because um, I was, again, recovering from a traumatic brain injury. My memory wasn't um, – what it was before and still working uh, to get that back the way the way that it was and just a lot of other problems. I'm still uh, colorblind from the accident. I wasn't beforehand. Um, and so there's just a lot of changes that, you know, right before you go off to school when this happens, like yeah. that changes kind of how you live your day-to-day life. Um, and as just a teenager, it's a big enough change just going off to college and then with a traumatic brain injury um, and just a different life living every day um than you were kind of expecting it's definitely uh, a little bit harder than i think i was expecting it to be but i just i'm so thankful for how it's affected my football career because beforehand i've definitely viewed football as like it would it definitely would often become an idol to me being at a small school when um you're a good athlete it everyone kind of looks up to you which is can be a great thing absolutely but then uh when you're humbled and that's kind of taken from you really quickly it makes you reevaluate what's important in life and where you find your joy um and i've definitely throughout even throughout that injury um i've definitely found joy in christ there's definitely been the hard parts i know my dad can tell you all about that and been told a lot of frustrating times but um i've definitely consistently found my joy in christ and football has been my passion for so long um but i know uh, when I get to heaven, God's not going to ask me how many touchdowns I scored or how many tackles I made. It's how did you love my kingdom well and how did you um, pursue me? Um, and I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, not that was a great throw or a great tackle. Um, and so football, the only thing football is to me, as much as it is a passion, it's a tool that can be used to um, help influence other people and pursue the kingdom well. Um and God's definitely like gifted me athletically, which I'm very thankful for. But football ends someday, um, and I'm going to pursue it until God closes that door, no matter if that's tomorrow or in 15 years. Um, but football will never be changed in my uh, in my view as far as just a tool that God has given for me to use. Um, and then when he changes uh, what he wants me to do, then I'm going to pursue that with everything that I have. But um, until he changes that passion, that's what I'm going to pursue. Man. That's a powerful testimony for all of us, whether athletes or not, right? I mean, kind of be where God has us today, not 20 years from now. Um, So as we record this here, early 2020, still haven't been cleared. um, But yet, you know, you're still pursuing football in a part of the program in Abilene Christian. So how have you seen God um, work in your life through being a part of the football program but still not cleared? What's something God's taught you? Um, humility is a huge one. Um, obviously, going from a small private school where you're, if you're kind of a little bit naturally bigger um, and faster than a lot of other guys, um, you're just 
everything kind of comes a little bit more naturally and then you go to um, a Division One level. Um, even if you're redshirting and everything, everyone everyone's there for a reason and it's because they're really good um, and they have, they've been doing everything right. Um, that definitely is naturally humbling, going from the top of the totem pole to the bottom really quickly um, and just um, re, you know, keep keep working hard. And that's one thing that I've been really thankful for um, ever since I was little. And I definitely learned it from my dad, older siblings, grandparents, just the value of hard work um, and how far that can take you. Um, a little bit like of a, of a throwback to where like kind of the journey started was my, uh, the first time I took an ACT uh, was, it was right after a district rival loss my junior year. And I hadn't really studied for it that hard, and I got a 21 on it. And I was like, oh, gosh, I got a lot of work to do. Um, and over the next couple months, um, I ended up taking, I think, a total of five times or four or five times. Uh, I got tutoring in it. But um, from the end of football season until the end of the school year, my schedule was I would get up about – 5.30 a.m., uh, go work out before school, go to school um, or go do homework, and then go to practice. Uh, I played basketball and ran track, which was awesome. And then after school have uh, – or after work or practice, I would have um, tutoring for ACT um, until like 8.30 or 9 at night. Um, and then I got to hang out with the family some. But that was my schedule for about five days a week. And I definitely was really thankful for the work um, that God kind of led me to pursue um, and all the paths that, that God opened through that. And I definitely learned, like, the value of hard work in that, mm-hmm. that trying time. Um, so that was definitely – I was so thankful for just, like, the work that God, was, that God allowed me to put in um, and he called me to do in that time. Um, and definitely, uh, then later the accident really, like, I think humbled me in a different way because it was like all these things that you think you've been working for, like nothing good worldly can come out of like, um, anything you achieve. And I realized like, dang, if that can be taken that quick, what the things that can't be taken is only the things that God has given, has given to me, um, and how I can affect others with that. Um, so that was, that totally just changed my perspective on how I live um, and what matters and just relationship wise and just how I affect people through everything that I do compared to just um, like I mentioned earlier, compared to just loving football for uh, Friday nights or Saturdays, um, just how thankful I am for that and how much God changed my perspective so quickly and in a way that I definitely didn't want it to be changed at the time. But um, I'm really thankful for looking back at it. And most people probably don't understand um, as far as like, oh, why would you play football still? Like after having a traumatic brain injury, like there's still a ton of um, health risks involved and um, you can have some head or head issues later down the road if you return to football. Um, And, kind of my response to that has just been like, you know, when you have a fire in your belly and just, you know, that God's been calling you to something and like, you like, why would you like, I don't need to answer those questions when I'm willing to answer it to the kingdom, Mm. uh, to God himself, the creator of the universe. And so I don't owe really like answers to people who are like, Oh, that's not a good decision or, um, or who people don't really understand the value in football. Um, and it's not the value in football. It's just the value, um, that God, 
that God has for each and every one of us. And if I can affect one other person through football, that's kind of why I pursue it a lot more than than anything else. So I don't know if that answers your question, oh, but that's definitely just. I'm going to skip me. down a couple of the questions that I sent you to to Wong's. I think you were you were headed down that that road. So a lot of our listeners are student athletes or coaches. So what advice would you offer them? You know, they have a platform. I mean, you've alluded to athletics as a platform, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of debates whether it is or not, but it is. Mm, absolutely. It is for good or bad. So what advice would you offer that student athlete or coach that's listening that um, is, knows they have the platform or really wants to use it to be bold for Christ? Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of generic advice, but, like, don't hesitate to actually step out and influence someone. Um, one thing I'm really thankful for is our athletic director and head coach, um, Doug Hicks, has been awesome, poured into me for a really long time. And he's always just, he's never afraid to speak out about his faith and uh, will confront you when you mess up. Um, and he's definitely someone that I've learned a lot about confrontation to uh, or from and just how to actively live for Christ in an athletic environment because he trained uh, some top athletes in the nation. He trained Cam Newton um, and a lot of just really, really great – or he trained Cam Newton for the combine right before he went pro uh, and just some top, top-notch top athletes. Um, and then he came to our, our you know, our small school um, and just how he's influenced the community it goes beyond words um, and beyond what I can um, kind of explain just like what I've learned from him. So he's definitely uh, someone that you could have asked that question to as well. But um, as far as just like using your platform, just be bold in it because we don't answer to our neighbors at the end of the day. And if someone like doesn't like what you have to say, uh, that's okay. You can have disagreements and everything because at the end of the day, you don't answer to your um, your parents, friends, family, um, even people you don't get along with. You're not seeking approval. Um, and one thing I always, the standard I hold myself to is if I'm willing to answer to the kingdom of the universe about it, I don't owe anyone else any explanations for it um, about being bold in my faith. And if Jesus was willing to die for his faith, his faith, um, we have we certainly have no excuse to have a bad attitude or be shy about sharing our faith. And um, I definitely am surrounded with a group of friends um, at Abilene Christian and was in high school who were just bold about their faith. And um, we had like a core group of guys from my high school um, who were just really on fire for God. Um, and we've taken that into college. And I just I love being around that. And it's addicting to be around in the best way and being bold for Christ. Um, so, again, I'm just so thankful for the platform athletics is and how how bold Christ is calling us to be because um, the world is in desperate need of men who are willing to uh, be on fire for Christ and not not be not seek approval of peers but just actively pursue his kingdom uh, with reckless abandon so. that's right I like that because it's easy to take the easy way out right that oh I could lose my job mm-hmm. or I could be disciplined for speaking out, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like that reminder, you said, you know, Jesus died for us, Absolutely. you know, so we should be willing to at least be bold, right? Yes, and sir. Not, you know, if we lose our job or whatever the consequences may be, it's still nothing compared to what he went through for us. Absolutely. Good. So how do you balance, as a student, um, how do you balance um, life? 
you know, there's there's football, there's students, but also staying connected to the church. How do you how do you do that? Um, I think honestly, you know, throwback, uh, huge just time management um, is a big one. But I think having Christ as the cornerstone of every aspect of your life is the place to start for sure. Um, you can be successful athletically, um, academically, and spiritually when Christ is just running your life, um, and you can see him like coming through in every, every aspect of it. Um, so, cause football in school by itself is already a super full schedule. Right. It's easily, um, just football by itself is easily 30 to 40 hours a week in yeah. season, uh, which is a full-time job. And then on top of that, you want to add in academics, right. um, even though academics definitely takes, um, priority over athletics, it's still just so much time and um and then you also want to be able to spend time with friends um and then constantly just be living for christ and the i think the place to start with that is surrounding yourself with um a group of friends where you're going to constantly have christ poured into your life so you can pour um christ out onto other people because if you're not getting poured into you're not going to be able to pour out Mm. onto other people um it's just like the classic saying i think um your cl- or show me your five f- closest friends and I'll show you your future. Um, and I'm definitely a huge believer in that. Um, whether those, and those cl- five friends or your best friends never have to be um, like the people you spend the most time with on, like if it's during football or anything, it's just um, the guys you know you can go to when everything goes south and those people that you're willing to um, go through anything with. So it's definitely a huge, huge um, commitment to play sports in college and staying committed to Christ above everything else. Um, So if you don't have everything right with Christ and stay humble and just um, you really can't be successful in anything else. And I don't think you can be happy in life unless or really be joyful. You can be happy for a little bit. but I don't think you can find true joy um, unless you have things right with God and just actively pursuing him. Yeah, that, um, your five friends, you know, I think we've heard that a lot, and I know that's something I talk to my kids about a lot. Absolutely. You know, as a father of middle school and high schoolers, that who you surround yourself with can determine, you know, your future, whether it's high school, even in college, because your friends, you're the, you got to bring you up or bring you down. Yes, sir. That's good. So let me ask you, um, a lot of people have... We call a life verse, a favorite verse. I was going to ask if you had one, or is there a scripture that God has shown you recently or maybe even through the time um, going through the injury that you'd share with us? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. That's uh, Psalms 144, verse 1. The Lord is my rock and my stronghold in Mm. in whom I take refuge. Um, That's just such a core aspect of my life, and that has been even since before my accident. um, I'm a huge geek about... um, military and navy seals and i love um love everything about that and just the mentality of it um and just what they do um and one saying that they have and it's similar to y'all's it's because y'all are all in sports um they say all in all the time um and that's something that i've really tried to adopt about not just my faith but um, academics family uh, and then football after that just if you're going to be in, all in all the time, that's meaning constantly uh, making sacrifices for people next to you. Um, it's even just opening the door uh, for a lady, giving up your seat in church um, and standing 
standing on an aisle that every little thing about um, being all in all the time is living for Christ and uh, laying down your life. Um, and I don't think laying down your life happens many times when you're actually giving up your life. I think um, that's doing all the little things in life right and constantly just pointing towards Christ. Um, so that's just, I mean, I think that's my, that's definitely my life verse uh, up to this point until God changes it again, definitely open definitely. for that. But um, I think mean, he's, he's my uh, stronghold. He's my refuge. He's my fortress in whom I, or um, in whom I take refuge for sure. Um, even during the accident, uh, this was a very cool thing. I do remember like one little thing from my uh, accident. I couldn't read during, uh, during that month of, and I like my eyes would jump around when I would try to read something. And the first verse I remember, like only part really that I can remember from that was reading that verse. And just like, I have no idea why I remember that. I totally think it's a miracle. Um, just like that. It's just kind of crazy to me that God put that in. And like, I remember that just like I was sitting in my parents' room, um, because I was sleeping in their floor, which is definitely tough for a teenager to do about to go off to college. I don't, good thing, I'm kind of thankful I don't remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 18-year-old sleeping in the mom's yeah. floor, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they could keep an eye on me and everything um, in case of seizures and stuff. But I do remember I had my Bible there and I was just, um, and I read that verse. And I don't know that I've had many conversations with people about that, but that's just one of those crazy things that I remember. And I was like, I don't think that that was by accident and I don't mm-hmm. think any doctor would be able to explain that to me why that, why that happened. I totally think that's, that's a miracle. And, um, there's a reason that God put that verse in my life. So very, very thankful for that. So Mike, I didn't, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but hopefully it's okay if I put you on the spot. Is there a verse maybe that your family or you and your wife, Jill went to during that four week period of, of amnesia? I mean, I know there's probably a lot, but is there one that you can just know that y'all just clung to? Wow. Um, you're right. You did kind of put me on the spot. Oh, no, that was, that was good. No, because there were, there were a lot. We spent a lot of time in the Word on that. Um, I, I would tell you, that, that was one. Um, the Psalm 144, um, the psalm itself, right? Because later on it talks about putting a new song, mm, right? Wow. Um, in your in your heart, and but it also it it's Psalm one forty four. So one of the the crazy things is uh, Jill and I have talked as far as raising um, our three boys. Um, we want them to be warriors for Christ, mm-hmm. um, and so that you know. The other part of that verse um, was, you know, it says, blessed be the Lord, my my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, mm-hmm. right? His steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer. And so, we, yeah, there were parts of that, that whole psalm that we did. The other one is Ephesians 2.10. Mm. So, which is that we're, we are God's workmanship created in advance, you know, um, that Christ you know, for the work that Christ has, has planned for us. And, and those are the things that we, we also were clinging to, mm-hmm. right? Which is, Hey, look, you, you made him. We don't know. And, and some advice we were given is don't ask why. Mm. 
don't ask why in these situations. It was from um, from a dear friend of ours who went through a much tougher situation. They they um, they lost a granddaughter to to leukemia, oh. and, and and the advice was don't ask why. That's going to take you down some roads that you just don't want to go. Mm. Um, and and I, I I wrestled with that for a little while, and then what I came back to as I was understanding is. There's a difference between asking why, and I agree with that, don't ask why, but also asking, okay, what good can come from this, mm. right? And that was, that's that point with Ephesians 2.10, which is that we're God's workmanship. And I, I like using the, thinking about it that way because I've, in my mind, I picture um, an artisan, a, a woodcrafter, or somebody that's actually sitting, that God working on you, and we're created by God, Right? to do things mm. that he's planned for us. And so when I think about that and we put those two things together and we think about what our, our children are called to do, that's, that's it. It's like, okay, we don't know why this happened and we're not going to ask about that, but how can we use this as a launching pad? And how, how can, frankly speaking, how can, how can, the Lord used Max in that experience in that accident as a way to strengthen people's faith and um, and bring more people to Christ. And you know whatever that is, let's go with it. Um, and yeah, it's hard, but God's good. Amen. I like that. I like how y'all both started with Psalm one forty four. You know that that question was not. Not prepped. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's cool. No, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was really you know, good. It's something you said. I've never heard that advice not to ask why, but I like how you circle back and said, but try to seek God of what good can come out of it, which is in some sense you could argue could be asking why, but I think if you focus on the why versus the good, you're right. That could take you down some dangerous paths. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like your breakdown of Ephesians 2.10 because I love that verse, and you know, that's just a great reminder yeah. um, whether you're going through something traumatic mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Max, one last question for you. Um, two words, um, and I know you're very familiar, especially in sports, all in. Mm-hmm. And as we're recording this two days before the national championship game, Clemson has it all <laughs> over their chin straps. And so we know what it means, but also as a follower of Christ, um, Jesus is very clear. Um all through his teachings that you have to deny yourself you know, to follow him. You mm-hmm. can't have one foot in and one foot out. So I like to ask this question from a practical perspective, on a okay. daily perspective. What does that look like for you to be all in for Christ? Uh, I think as far as just like actually living it out, um, I think it means working your butt off uh, for what God is calling you to be, where, call, where God is calling you to be and what he's calling you to do. Um, so whether that be football or, or anything sports related or whether that be um, working or getting up and working a job and just anything that in life or um, raising kids, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, it's incredibly hard work and you have to toil in that. And I don't think you can really find the success and um joy and peace in life unless you put in that work that God is calling you to uh calling you to do and pursue um and don't get me wrong sometimes God it definitely gives peace um and just rest which I'm which is very uh relaxing and uh, thankful for sometimes um but 
I don't think that I've ever felt more peaceful and more um, just so thankful and just knowing that I'm in God's hands than when I'm working my tail off Mm. um, for God. And a lot of times that comes in at 4.35 a.m. when it's snowing outside or it's pouring down rain and it's freezing um, and you go to the gym anyway and you're the only one uh, that knows about it besides the guy that you're working with. Um, and there's, there's a saying that I love. It's, uh, you work in, uh, what you do in darkness, uh, or what you do in an empty gym, uh, fills, fills it up eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, or what you do in the dark eventually comes to light and whether it's good or bad. Um, but I'm such a huge fan of that because of the, whether it's good or bad. And you know, when you're putting in like that constant work um, and it's not because, and like the end goal is not to fill a giant stadium full of people to watch you play football. It's for the kingdom of heaven. Um, And I definitely take that in a much different way because I want to bring as many people to know Christ as possible. Um, And again, right now, absolutely. I firmly believe that that's football. And I think that he's calling me to be there right now. And until he changes that passion and that calling, that's where I'm going to be. But when he does, you uh, can bet every dollar you have that I'm going to pursue that with everything that I have and every uh, gift that he's given me. Uh, and then I'm going to um, p- fulfill those talents that he's given me in whatever other area that is, whether it be um, in business or being a great husband or dad someday. But whatever that is, I'm going to pursue it with everything that I have. Um, and so absolutely, I think that just being all in, um, and I love that, that that's, your, um, that's y'all's name because I think that that's what um, the world needs right now. It's, um, it has nothing to do with politics or anything. It's just a bunch of men who are on fire for God, um, and willing to be all in and lay down their lives, um, practically like opening the door and cleaning, cleaning the feet of others. Um, no matter what you do, um, whether you're an NFL player, um, or you're a janitor, Uh, or doing anything it's laying down your life constantly and just actively pursuing christ and being all in and serving others (laughs) if jesus who's the creator of the universe who's a lot more important than anyone on this earth right now ever just if he was cleaning the feet of his disciples how are we called to do anything beyond that wow that's just like that kind of blows my mind like why do we not return to that constantly and just doing all the like all the little things right. So that's what I think. That's really I don't think it's complicated, but that's what I think it means to be all in. It's just cleaning others' feet. That's so. awesome. And I think you you know you, you said you don't think it's complicated. I think that's the problem. I think we overcomplicate it. Absolutely. You know, it's. I think we we try to design what we think it looks like instead <laughs> of looking at the design that's already there, and that's Jesus. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Hey, I appreciate both of you take some time on a cold Saturday morning to, to come and share y'all's story. I know I've been encouraged. I know those listening are as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Love you what bet. you guys are doing. Thank you. Wow, what a powerful testimony. Thanks again to Max and Mike for sitting down and, and sharing their story and, and being willing to jump on the podcast and share it for you to hear it. Just And you just heard a, a glimpse of it. I hope you were encouraged and I'm, I'm just getting fired up again talking about it. Um, just the, the, the picture, I wish you could see the visual of the prayer cards on the, the walls of their house. And people from all over the country were writing personal notes to Max and 
prayers to Him and scriptures to Him and just, it's unbelievable. It just kind of brings tears to my eyes and chills down my spine. So I hope um, that you get out of that. that There's power in God's people praying. There's power in us taking the time to write that handwritten note to somebody. And just can be something very simple, a, a, a verse to encourage them, a, a note to say, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. It doesn't have to be somebody that's going through a traumatic injury. It can just be anybody that you know that needs encouragement. Take the time to write that note. It will change their day. It could change their life. And just when people ask you to pray for somebody and you say you're going to do it, commit to pray for that person. That was just God convicting me of that a lot of times. So I pray, pray for you. I prayed for you. And then I, did I really, or was it lip service? Just some of the takeaways from, from Max, and he lives this way with reckless abandon. He, just, he holds nothing back in his, in his life living for Jesus. You know, he, he told us to be bold, and we answered to nobody else but God. And let me tell you something, this young man, a freshman in college, just, I hope you got a glimpse, will encourage you to live your life faithfully following Jesus with reckless abandon because everybody else's opinions doesn't matter. And he'll tell you that even through that injury and now trying to get back into football, he's going to stay connected and pursuing football until God shuts the door because he feels like that God has given him this platform to impact the kingdom through sports. You know, and he, he said, if Jesus is willing to die, why are we shy about our faith? Jesus died for you and for me, and I'm going to sit on my hands. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. How convicting is that? And just the story of asking Max's favorite verse, and he talks about Psalm 144.1, the, the God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our stronghold. And then ask him, Mike, unprompted. And he goes straight to Psalm 144 as well. The God gave them a new song in their heart. Again, so much, so much in that episode that I could sit here for 20 minutes and talk through a recap of things that God has taught me through getting to know Mike and Max, and, and I believe teaching you through this episode. But just work daily for the kingdom. Actively pursue Jesus. Pursue others. Serve others. I know you've been encouraged, so I'd ask you to share it with somebody. Share this episode. There's somebody in your life, a family member or a friend, that needs to hear this story. Share it with them today. I'd ask you, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, that you click the subscribe button. There's a lot of episodes previous to this. I know we'll encourage you. There's a bunch more coming. You won't have to do anything. They'll just be automatically downloaded. We'd love to hear from you. You can interact with us on social media. Just go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and type in All In Sports Outreach, or go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.com. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your prayers.